0: No matter how great you are, you are nothing, zilch, not worth anything without a player. So you better always cater to their skill stream and how what they can do and what they can't do to evolve your offense.
1: On Thursdays throughout the season, we've been bringing you longer episodes with a single coach in order to gain perspective on different issues that affect you as you progress through the season. Today, we talk with XFL Houston Roughnecks Offensive Coordinator, AJ Smith, who has shared a ton of knowledge with us over the years. The focus today is on keeping your call sheet and game plan focused and simple and continuing to evolve as a coach with both what you have and the issues you will face. What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well, you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years. It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time with NFL quality. Coaching tools like video pairing, a player app, practice schedules, and wristband sheets have made First Down Playbook a program management system with everything in one place. If you're in a position of leadership with your football program, receive a free one week look at First Down Playbook. Call them at 512. 512- or visit them on their website or social media. Mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code COACH24 to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 First Down Playbook team membership price. Links and the phone number are in the show notes. As coaches, we know that some of the biggest hurdles to our team's success can come from off the field. Your team needs support to tackle the endless list of expenses, uniforms, training equipment, travel, and more. But raising that money can feel like a full-time job. Thankfully, there's Vertical Raise. Vertical Raise is the premier online fundraising platform using innovative technology to create the easiest and most efficient system available. Raise more money in less time with a local fundraising coach who works with your team every step of the way to customize the ideal fundraiser. With options for online donations, digital discount cards, premium product sales, and even spirit shops, Vertical Raise has top-of-the-line solutions for every fundraising style. To find out more, visit verticalraise.com and we'll get you connected with an exclusive offer on your first fundraiser. We're sitting down here in the early season with AJ Smith, the offensive coordinator for the XFL Houston Roughnecks and AJ, I'm excited to have you back here on the show. It's been about a year. You joined us last season during the fall, so it's good to have you back here again.
0: Yeah, no doubt. You know, I'm, I'm sitting back and can't coach football right now and watching everybody else. So let's, let's talk ball.
1: Today, I wanted to focus first on the idea, you know, this, this is the time of year where we're headed out of camp. We get into that early season. We don't necessarily have a lot of data on this year's team for ourselves, you know, for our self-scout. We definitely don't have that on the, the opponents here in the first couple of weeks. And so, you know, always get into almost out-coaching yourself, you know, thinking about maybe problems that aren't there or things that, you know, all the what-ifs. Guys like to call it chasing ghosts. And it's a situation, not just the beginning of the season. I think this is where it starts to happen, but, throughout the year where you can outcoach yourself and I think it's about how can you simplify. Love to hear your thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, I think as offensive coordinator in the coaching profession, we are all guilty of adding too much in because most of us are in this and we have a love for the game and I mean, heck, you know, Chip Kelly, I think, could break down the triple option just as much as the run and shoot. I mean, you know, he's an extraordinary coach, but at the end of the day, he has to narrow it down to what he does best. And, you know, I find that as the season goes on, if you don't watch yourself, you start putting in the counter punches to your best plays. And then you start putting in more because you're afraid your best plays are, are not out on film. And then week eight, week nine, you know, you roll around and now your playbook's full of counter punches. You're, you're running purple, trying to get the perfect play in. And, and you know, you look back at it and, well, I'm, man, I'm only running these plays four or six times that week. In camp, we were in this play 200 times and we're better at it. And so you, you got to watch yourself. And I'll tell you an old rule that came from Mike Leach and Hal mummy is anytime they had something new, you know, they, they'd look at it and go, okay, hey, that's great. So what are we going to take out? And that way you keep your balance of your, your play call sheet.
1: It's something you have to be disciplined about. And before we got going, I was telling you a story about, you know, 2000, after 2003 season, the high school, I was at the offensive coordinator there and going through, you know, back at that time it was VHS and, you know, you're writing things down on a legal pad and then putting them into a spreadsheet to break it down. We didn't even have a system at that time, but, you know, going back through that season and saying, okay, what, what really were we, you know, what was our base and just could not find it in the numbers. Now looking at it, we thought we had a base, but then we got so far away from it, as you said, with the counter punches. And, you know, even back in that time, the head coach and myself, there really was an idea we didn't like, you know, everything seemed like a good idea. Yeah. We saw it work. You know, this team did it against them. It's not too different from this for us. So let's, we'll just put this in this week and, it really becomes a mess. It's it's something you have to be disciplined about in your approach and think about how many plays you're going to carry. I know Phil Longo likes to talk about it, 26 plays all the time. And Phil on the podcast said, my playbook at, at home is as tall as me, but my one for my team is very simple and very concise. And I think that's what we have to focus on. So, you know, you mentioned what comes out, but what are the things do you look at to say, do we really need this? And what are the solutions maybe that we already have?
0: Right. Well, I think you got to watch yourself and your identity first because, you know, if you're a run team or you're a pass team like me, I'm usually guilty of putting in too many pass plays because we're always trying to evolve and find something, that little tweak and the game plan that is, is gonna you know give us that touchdown, give us that explosive and, and we win the game. But then we sit there and we look at our runs. This past season, we had the most explosive run, run game in the XFL and we had two runs. It never differentiated because we sit there and kept doing what we do over and over again. And so we would go through a you know a week and maybe you know we didn't call a pass play. that's, that's pretty good pretty good concept for us, but, you know, we had something else game plan. And a lot of times this is where I think you can get lost too, is that, well, this week they're a, you know, they're a cover two team. So we're going to hit them with this. And well, then next week they're cover one, cover three. We're going to hit them with this. And you, you start switching out concepts, but the one new rule I have this year, because I was guilty of that and I'm trying to get into more things that beat everything, just like our run game. I feel like we have the best run game. In in all of football, I feel like we have the best pass pro in all of football. We got to get that way for our pass game. And the rule is, hey, if we didn't run a certain concept because we didn't get the looks that we like, then that that next meeting after the game, you got to re— and this is my whole staff—you got to reteach that concept as if it's new, so you don't lose your basic training with something you've had this whole time. Because I think what can happen to you is you try to go back to mesh. You try to go back to six. Maybe you didn't run it too much the last game. You're you're running a lot of sell, quick game, snag, whatever it was that, you know, you, you wanted to hang your hat and you had game planned in. You get away from those things. You know, okay, hey, yeah, let's run this. And you'll you'll be surprised that even though you know it in and out because you're the expert, your quarterback who hasn't ran it 10, 12 days now, he, he forgot who the first progression is. He's looking straight at the mesh. What, what, what are we doing? And it's because you've got to – retention, reps, 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 that's even mentally. And so that's that's a new rule as far as, hey, reteach the concept if we did not run it in the game. That way everybody stays on the same page and you don't lose your basic training. And then kind of getting back to your original question, you got to be disciplined to not add too much because I, I think I, w- I would write it as this, you know, depending on if you're a run or pass team where those counter punches can come in, Eighty percent of your game plan needs to be stuff you've been doing since since camp. Twenty percent needs to be, hey, we got through film, we think versus this look. If you know, we tag the post on the back side of 95. That quarter safety is going to cut the cross. We could hit the touchdown, right? Let's add that tag in this week. And you know, when you need to do it, always do them in the openers. Any new thing you got, you put it in the opening script. That way it's fresh on their mind. You're not asking them to run some new concept, you know, in the third quarter when they're gassed and they can't, you know, the fog of war starts to creep. Run those in your opening script because now it plays into your advantage. As far as having an opening script and the analytics behind that, that started with Bill Walsh, get those counter punches out the way, boom, revert back to basic training. And I sit here like I'm an expert and know what I'm, you know, like I, I follow these rules. <laughs> I break these rules all the time and I have to tell my staff, hey, do not let me add anything. But they always let me. So, you know, I got to be be on them as much as I am on myself. I've always
1: been interested in the use of technology to make our jobs more effective. So I'm excited to continue sharing modern football technology with you here on the podcast. This innovative system leverages tendencies to improve self-scouting, game planning, and in-game decision-making at the speed of the game. Modern football stands out because it's a battle-tested platform used by teams at all levels, like four-time national champion Bishop Gorman, the five-time California state champion Folsom Bulldogs, six-time Texas state champion Lake Travis, Cal football, and the CFL's Gray Cup champions, the Montreal Alouettes. So book a demo today to see why these teams trust modern football technology. Visit www.teammofo.com slash demo and mention Coaching Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code CC10 to receive 10% off your first year. Well, I think it's a really good point there to put those in openers. And I know as a play caller... If I didn't call those things early, it was just, you know, the, the players get the maybe the mental fatigue as the game goes on. But you as a coach, you're into the rhythm of what you always call. So now if something in the third quarter, you're looking at your sheet, you're not always uh, all of a sudden going to say, oh, yeah, we got this new play that we put in and you're calling it there. Like I found more often than not, if I didn't get those called early, if I didn't put those in openers, they probably weren't going to get called. And then what's the point of taking all those reps in practice away from what you do best?
0: Guilty. And early on in my career, world's worse at putting something in at practice, not calling in the game because I was scared we're going to mess it up. And it always was past openers, right? So I found if you put it in openers, that kind of helped. But another thing I've started to do, especially like in our league, we have to go for extra points every touchdown. <laughs> I hate it more than anything. Our two is from the five yard line. Our one is from the two and a half. The 33% chance conversion rate, one, two, or three. I have to deal with it, right? So I've gotten, you know, I've gotten a whole lot of plays, goal line plays, 10 and in plays from this experience. But what we started to do that I helped with our conversion rate, that if you can have the foresight to look two, even three weeks in advance, hey, inter, introduce, I'll give you an example. We were, uh, going to run a bunch screen for a one point play. So it's two and a half considered goal line on your script in the X. So it's bunch left and the X was going to start 10 yards out and he was going to motion in and we're going to call for it while I was on the motion, catch a boom, pop, throw it to him. Other uh, two guys are, are blocking their guys forward. He falls behind him and the guy playing X man, the man can't make the play because he's worried about him running around. What happened so fast? So I introduced that three weeks in advance. And so we ran it one time in practice. Boom, we made it good play. Well, I didn't I didn't call it the next game. I was just introducing that concept, so it's not going to be so brand new when we run it. Next week we we do it. Uh, boom, got it in practice. All right. So I, I held on this play for four weeks because now here comes the third week. Uh, extra points. Our all XSLDB was tired of seeing the play because it was a big tell. He knew it was coming. We're in practice. Boom, he picks it off, and we're like, thanks. Okay, we know you know the play, right? But And everyone just kind of laughs. But it's like, okay, now everyone kind of knows this play. It's not so fresh. And then that game, or it was that third week, uh, we go into that game. Boom, we complete it. And it was a counterpunch, but we, we sat there and got the appropriate amount of reps through time without just throwing yeah. something in. And we actually had confidence of doing it because I think just as important as reps are important. The amount of time of reps throughout a period of time gains confidence, too. Do you? If I broke down mesh to you in one day for five hours, but let's say I take you and now we spend two weeks talking about mesh for 10, 15 minutes a day, your two weeks is going to feel a lot more confidence than that one hour. You're going to forget, you know, whatever it is, 80% of what you hear and whatever you write down. So there's ways of going about this to where, you know, maybe you can help that out a little bit as far as how you introduce it to your team.
1: Yeah. I had an older coach who I work with at Bowman Wallace told me, you know, it, it's about the cumulative effect of your reps. I think that's important as we're talking about all these different counter punches or these one-offs you could put in, you know, I think talking with Matt drink all Army's co-OC this past summer, he said it too, is when you go through your self-scout and you go through at the end of the year, if you you go through and things are called one, two, three times, not a high percentage of the time to throw them out and make sure they don't get back in again because you stole reps from something else that, you know, that did that play really win you a game? I mean, there's going to be games where you may need something to problem solve an an issue. not saying this is always an absolute, but that one off you did this week, is it going to apply the next week? Are you going to ever use that again? And is that going to be the most effective? Are you better off, you know, finding a tag within what you do that makes sense to, to layer it on top of something that you're already getting reps in and you just maybe change one guy or one assignment and there's a specific reason for it, right? It's, uh, and Hey, everything looks good today. We got, we have so much information. We get it all, you know, 15 seconds at a time on Twitter or whatever social media platform you're on. And there's, there's nothing that looks bad because you're only getting the good things. You're not seeing all the problems. Uh, you're not getting the coaching points and we get caught in this trap like, Oh yeah, I get that. I can do that. We could put it in, but are you executing it enough and in- practice are you getting those cumulative reps over the weeks i think that's a really important part of this yeah
0: you know it reminds me of something you you talk about seeing something on twitter and try to replicate it you know you, you gotta have substance when you learn something and you gotta be able to see it in all the looks but uh there's this play that baylor ran when art is there and it's floated around twitter and i think it was against tcu and they had trips left they they run kind of power sweep to the receiver coming in motion, and then the receiver catches it, and then he uh, speed options off the – the. there wasn't even a backer. It's about mm-hmm. to break my point before I tell you. but he's, And boom, it's off for 20 yards. Everyone's like, wow, what a great play. That's such a great play. Well, we bring it over to pro football, and now all of a sudden, you know, I'm starting to realize – after it didn't work the first four times, uh, I looked at it and I turned away and I said, yeah, I'm throwing that play out. And he's like, yeah you, yeah, you should. And I said, well, you know, in that clip I saw on Twitter, there was no flat defender. And so the, the lever spill lever got in the mic. It looks like he's exposed. Well, if you put an extra guy there, they have one for the pitch and they have one for the quarterback. And so we're we, you start just putting stuff in because it looks good, but sometimes defenses are just bad and the offensive play just looks good and they're not lined up right. And it's not the play. It's just how bad the defense is and you're, you're wasting a play that, you, that looks cute and that's going around Twitter when it's, you know, you're, it's, it's not going to work versus the defenses you're going to see.
1: Definitely. Well, to shift gears a little bit and, and put the focus on the coach, you know, we always talk about building an identity but I think what starts to come through as you do this more and more and more is that you have a style as a coach, and it's been fun watching your yours over the years. I I can't remember the first year I met you. I remember it as AFCA, and you were showing me, you know, all your VAR system, and and uh, you know started that relationship there. But um, it's been neat to to follow you over time at multiple levels, um, at every level, high school, college, and pro, and see the influences you have. I mean, you know, you have an incredible list of influences. Yet at the same time, you have evolved and it's become your style. What is that process like? Because that, that doesn't happen overnight. That's, uh, that's something that you build over the years. But what was that process like for you to get, you know, and it's not done, you're going to continue to evolve and, and build on your own style, but really to get things to where this is what A.J. Smith does.
0: I think the biggest thing was selling out and just being true to myself to a certain style of offense to where that I didn't care what level I was on. This is offense I wanted to run, and that's what made me happy. I, I chased jobs for about a four-year period, and it was just a very forgettable four years because we, I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. I was learning things. I was learning what not to do but which is sometimes just as important, but I wasn't growing in the offense I wanted to be, which is a path to set up the run. I knew from the time I was 19 back in 2008, like I, and especially growing up, uh, you know, being coached by Doug Peterson, past happy offense, you know, my heroes were Mike Leach, Hal Money, June Jones, John Jenkins. And I just was fortunate enough to be able to go to clinics, reach out to these people find people that knew those people and I just when I got around those guys I just didn't want a job I just wanted their knowledge like I'm trying to be like you and through that process like you said it happened overnight and it's, you know I'm entering this and when it hits 2024 I'm now 17 years in the coaching uh, since 2008 you know I took everything they did came up with my own opinion and now mixed, you know, their, their brands of football and Timon and and have have done some things with it. But the the philosophy between all those coaches will always stay the same, which is, this is a pass to set up the run offense.
1: So within that, then there's all kinds of variations and you deal with the, the players that you have, their strengths, weaknesses, obviously accounting for some of those opponents strengths and weaknesses too. And so from year to year, how do you evolve within your style, you know, staying true to it, but still build to the people you have? And, you know, you're you're in a situation now in the XFL, we were talking beforehand, there's a lot of turnover, right? The team you have mm-hmm. this next year might not look like the team you had last year. And, and certainly the opponents you play are going to look different as well. So as you get a different group of skill sets, how do you evolve and keep things moving without being you know, stuck and stubborn because there's those coaches who just will, will pound their, their chest and say, this is who I am. I'm going to do this. And then, you know, things fall short. You still have to adapt within that. So what's your, I guess, thought process for those kinds of things.
0: Well, in my situation, you're fortunate enough to be able to go not recruit, but to uh, draft the players you want that fit your system. And, you know, that's not always true for every level. So for our level, you know, I'm looking for guys like, you know, this past season, Brandon Silvers played at Troy with Neil Brown, air background, had been with me before, been with Hal in the a perfect fit, cannon for an arm. We went and found other receivers that had played in a similar offense at Hawaii and Washington State, are running back and back been in the system. So we went and found guys that have been in the system and they had the skill sets that we wanted, and boom, we're we're off and running. Because what this offense will do is it will take the best quarterback and make him the best player out on the field. Where certain systems, you can go into a game, and they may have the best quarterback, but, you know, they're not using them right. He's under center. He's doing this. He's doing that. And they're not really using his talent. And so if our system, you have to have a quarterback for this thing to go – Uh, He has to be able to make all the throws. And so we can go and draft those guys. So for my level, it's kind of easier because, you know, this, this is, this is kind of just football. He can make every throw. We're good. This is what works. You know, like you said, we have a bunch of brand new players. We got three weeks before we're on the air. So let's keep it simple. Boom. we, We run what we've always do. We're good. When you're at the high school level, that's, that's where you got to stay cutting edge because if your team, you got the team that you got, and if he co- you go out there and your quarterback can throw it 35 yards and that's his max throw, you're not going to be making a whole lot of streaking s- switch calls and ask him to throw it 44 to 46 down the sideline because he can't, right? So, how are you going to take a guy that's accurate with football but doesn't have the arm and involve your pass game to where you can still set up? Uh, pass, set up the run with the pass and my the answer to that is condensed splits obviously and you got to get into the Sean McVay and, and those types of things which we even do when we can make all the throws because it allows you to attack more horizontally but you got to evolve your system and because no matter how great a coach you are and I might have said this last time I was with you, no matter how great you are, you are nothing zilch, not worth anything without a player so you better always cater to their skill strengths and how what they can do and what they can't do to evolve your offense and you kind of said it while ago like that coach had a lot of plays and then this is the play he brings in I, I look at my training camp install every day I'm like god what can I take out and I have to remind myself like hey you don't know if you have a six foot one slot receiver yet to run slot fades because he might be five six or five eight, and you know they're not they're, that's not his best route the run versus man. it's actually a corner route off smash. so put both in, figure out who you have, and then just eliminate, and uh, that's that's how you stay moving with your team and, and putting your best playbook together.
1: Yeah, I think you, you bring out some important points in those examples is that as you build your system to think about those things. What if, okay, we had that 6 1 guy before and it was all slot fade? Now we got this short guy. Okay, we're going to use corner. We've got that quarterback who is not the strongest arm. All right, we're going to condense our splits. Like within what you do, you can still have the answers. You don't necessarily need to get away from that. That can still be your style. But what it looks like on the surface might appear different. When in reality, though, you're still running those same concepts. You're coaching what you're doing. Yeah. You might have to learn a little bit more about how do we do things from you know compressed sets or you know what is what is this particular throw like? We we haven't done it a lot, but this is the answer to it. Instead of this play, you can build it all ahead of time, and you have that menu. You have that. I always looked at it as I've got a continuum of offense, and we can be what we need to be with any particular group of personnel. If we need to be more, you know, for us we used a lot of fullbacks and tight ends, we needed to be more of that twelve or twenty-one type of team, our system accounted for it, but yet we could still run the same type of plays as we got into maybe ten or eleven personnel. So we built the system that way. And I think you've done a lot of the same thing that this isn't a formation. You know, this you know, you hear even Wing T I think Wing T teams have evolved that they're not just stuck to the to the old you know, tight end wing, flat backs in the backfield, et cetera. Like they've evolved as well, but you can still run those concepts and make them work for the group of guys that you have.
0: Yeah. This reminds me of uh, I went and spoke at the uh, Louisiana coaches convention in the summer and a quote I came up with and I was, I was going through my journey kind of like we are. And when I was first an offensive coordinator in 2009, cover three was was just giving me so much issues and then it showed them how we went to run and shoot and we ran this pattern in 2010 and then i showed them at it, it, the college level and how it worked you know five years later and i showed them you know this past season that same concept i put in in 2010 oh here it is scoring a you know 40 yard touchdown in uh the pro football so from high school football 10 you know or excuse me, 13 years ago to now, didn't matter the level of football, football. And the quote was, necessity is the tool for innovation and creation. And when you have players and they can't run the offense you want to run, or there is a defense that is giving you trouble to where you can't, it's making you totally evolve what you're doing because dude they got you figured out you can't he's got a guy it's there done don't work that necessity of you trying to score put what's best for your team out there that's that's what leads the innovation and creation and that's been my story
1: definitely it's been fun to follow and you're always doing new things to help the game it's what i like about what you do that you are about teaching coaches and the the old quote that uh tide raises all ships rising tide raises all ships and you know i've seen that from you and you have another idea you're working on here and we were talking about you know getting those 15 second clips that all look good and it's not the way we used to learn the game we used to learn it in a more in-depth way in more of a, a first person point of view instead of a third person point of view meaning that you were using your own film and You're looking to bring that back here. I think it's a great concept.
0: Yeah. So what we're doing, you know, I was one of the founders of the Air Raid Certification, which now has right at 150 uh, total members certified. And I, you know, in my off season, I used to back in the day, uh, you know, 2008, 2010, uh, whenever we would look at blogs. Blogs had substance and depth of hey here. Here's a concept. Here's a few clips of it. Here's media, and you know you got a thousand, two thousand page blog there to sit there and really dissect what you're doing. You could you could learn from that. And what we found is where are those websites gone is we found that you know with Twitter and TikTok, we're living in this age of of instant gratification. Okay, teach me mesh. You know I got 15 seconds. Okay, here's a TikTok. Okay, I got it. And that's just not how, how it works. And, and especially in our profession and, and our culture, coaching, you know, we're, we're a playbook-driven culture. We, we all have those 100-, 300-, 500-page playbooks that are our Bibles. And, you know, what's, what's terrible about the social media uh, the way it is now, too, with Twitter, I probably have, you know, 10 to 40 tweets that could really help you as a coach. Good luck finding them. Because they're behind 2,000 other tweets, and there's no way to go back and any type of archive or label that. So that's that's what we want to do. We're going to start something It's coming out. should release around September 22nd. How Monday's going to release the first article, the Air Raid blog. And you can get there by going to airraid.blog. And what it's going to be is a, a blog, a traditional blog. We're bringing the blog back that any of our air raid certified members can come on there and they're going to post and make blogs you know with media and again with substance on any concept all things air raid and so you know that's 850 possible authors getting in there and hopefully every week we got new things coming out and it's our certified members writing about their own offense. They're not going to get on there and write about, you know, Hey, this is what Washington state's doing when they're not a Washington state staff, you know, uh, you know, that's, that's one of our rules is, Hey, write about what you're going through, write about what, what gave you problems with, you know, six this year, or write how you expose cover four this year, whatever it is, all think air raid, and they're going to speak from their own truth and, and what they're doing. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to spread, spread the knowledge and. I love it because you can sit there and categorize it and it's it's just not lost forever and getting back the substance. So that's, that's what's coming out. And so you can go to the website now, kind of bookmark it air blog, and how Mummy and I are going to kick that thing off this, this month. And we're hoping hundreds of articles follows by our Airaid certified members.
1: Well, AJ always love what you do. We'll definitely put the link to that in the show notes as well as to some of your other resources. As always, I appreciate the time and the conversation and look forward to talking to you again in the future.
0: No doubt, appreciate it.
1: Thank you again for listening to Coach and Coordinator. We'll keep bringing you insight and perspective from multiple coaches sharing ideas in all areas of the game so that you can continue to improve what you are doing and how it applies to your team. Check your favorite podcast app or coachingcoordinator.com for the entire catalog of our season series. Good luck this weekend.